Does it get easier? No. Yes. It gets easier. No, yeah. Get you. <laughs> the more you know who you are and what you want, the less you let things upset you. Shout out to you this morning. We love you guys. Watch this. I want you. I want you to know from me and Lady Esther this morning. We wish you an awesome Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, it's going to be a great day today. We're going to have a good time today. I want you to maybe text somebody, do a watch party, Facebook watch party. We're so good. Uh, we're so glad to be here because we have a prophetic word this morning. I believe somebody's going to dig out from underneath the rock of their past. And God is getting ready to set you free. I'm excited. I don't think many people understand what mothers have to sacrifice to raise their children. I'm so thankful for my own mom this morning who cooked, cleaned, and raised three children. In the earlier years, she raised a lot of us on her own. Uh, and then my dad got saved and she became, the two actually became one then <laughs> instead of the, the two becoming, the two staying two. And so we thank God for that. Glad to have you this morning. We're going to hop in here in just a second. Please grab your Bibles, grab something to write on. We have a powerful word from the Lord today on dealing with and coping with feelings of unlovingness, being unloved. And I'm going to teach you about that. We know that we have been expanding our platforms on radio, internet radio, also Zoom and other platforms. And so we're excited. I believe even last week we launched on YouTube. And so we're looking to spread the gospel across the nations. But we know that some of the teaching that we're doing is cutting edge. And we want to share with you some ways today on how to cope and overcome feelings of uh, of uh, rejection, actually, and being unloved. So call a neighbor, text a friend, uh, do a shout out, do a watch party, whatever it takes. And uh, I believe God is going to do something powerful in your life today. Uh, I want to also shout out to uh, Glenda Jones. Uh, Glenda, thank you for being here today, who heads up our harvesters uh, on the front lines in the community with, with serving over 500 people every week, uh, even in, in light of, a, of a, pan, a pandemic. So thank you for your efforts there. My man, uh, Buster Woods, consummate virtuoso. So glad to have you this morning. Uh, dynamic musician. So we're so glad to have all you guys this morning. We're going to be getting into the word. Shadon, I see you. My man uh, 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 is here too. Uh, I see you, Mark. I see you out there. So glad to have you this morning. Uh, you all just come on in again, grab your, grab your sword, grab something to write on, and uh, let's begin uh, uh, with the word of prayer and then the word of God, because God's going to do something powerful this morning. I see you out there, Natalie. So glad to have you, Shadana Livingston. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this time and we thank you for this place. We anoint this, uh, we anoint these airwaves uh, as, as holy ground now. I thank you, Father, for what you're about to do to change the lives uh, and change the, the trajectory of those who are listening this morning. And God, we expect not only just Logos word, but Rhema word to be released over the lives of your people to set them free. We give you honor and we give you praise. And we all shout it out in the mighty name of Jesus. 
All right, Internet family, thank you this morning for being here again. Uh, before we get into the Word of God, I want you to turn to Romans 8 and 28. Romans 8 and 28. Danita Lucky. Oh, wow. April Lucas there. I see you guys. We got some We got some, some old family members here just joining us this morning. Carla Frazier's in the house. April Lu Lucas. So thankful for you guys this morning. Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Uh, we're going to get into the Word of God. Find something to write on. Grab a notebook, a tablet, a smart pad, a, a smartphone, something that you can record because I believe God is going to give you information on how to deal uh, in a victorious fashion with your past. And so we thank God for you today. And uh, uh, he is still doing great things. Romans 8 and 28. Romans 8 and 28. And we'll, today our theme is um, be, uh, breaking the power of your past and overcoming feelings of unwantedness and feeling unloved. So we want to make sure that you uh, have something to write on this morning. Darnisha, it's good to see you out there. Brenda Dixon, shout out to all you folks across uh, the internet this morning. Romans 8 and 28 says this, for we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of them who love God and who are called according to his purposes. So God causes things to work out according to his purposes. Now I'm going to start with this quote from Mother Teresa. I believe this will help us this morning uh, in dealing with the topic of uh, feeling unloved. And she said something that was very, very uh, uh, persuasive and profound. It, it goes like this, being unwanted and unloved and uncared for, forgotten by everybody. I think that is a much greater hunger, a much greater poverty than the person who has nothing to eat. Satan knows that the best way to destroy you as a person is to destroy your childhood. Because he knows that a broken child becomes a broken adult. God said this in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. He says, uh, for you are made in his image and in his likeness. But the enemy's plan has been from even in the womb or even before that, sometimes generationally, to uh, curse what God has intended to bless. And he knows that if he can attack the child uh, at a young age, he knows that um, he has a very good chance of defeating that child in their adulthood. I want to take from an article entitled How to Destroy a Child uh, by Dr. Bill Walker. He said uh, in that particular article that to take away love, that is our greatest need from a child. To take away love from a child when that's their greatest need is, is the way to really to destroy that child. Many parents in society, watch this, feel like they do a pretty good job of loving their children, right? Uh, and so I want to ask this question as we get started today. Um, how many times have you told your children that you really do love them? How many times have you really communicated that um, you were proud of them? Let me even go a little uh, further. How many times did your parents tell you that they were proud of you? How many times did someone tell you 
whether it was a father or a mother, that they actually loved you. And what he says in this article, Dr. Bill, uh, Dr. Bill says that, um, that unexpressed love really isn't love at all. Isn't it amazing that you can grow up with people and live in the same household with people and be around people who are parents or spouses and they can never communicate how they really feel? Isn't it amazing that uh, you can grow up in a crowd of people and still feel alone and still feel lonely? And so uh, communication is one of the major ways that we uh, let people know uh, that we really care about them. And creating that type of an environment for a child is important because that child then uh, develops their, what we call emotional core from that environment that the parent or the parents establish. I wanna make a few general statements this morning as we go a little bit further in this conversation of feeling unwanted and unloved. Number one, okay? This is called a lack of affection. Some people uh, have never felt the warmth of a parent or the warmth of their spouse in a relationship. The lack of affection may be difficult to recognize only uh, because people who, who have not received uh, emotional support or affectionate support, they oftentimes will uh, back up in society, back up in relationships. And it's difficult for them to understand social norms or to what we call empathize with other people. And so because of this, they, uh, they have a hard time uh, making emotional connections because they've never been hailed. They've never been hugged. Uh, nobody ever took the time to pat them on the back to say, job well done. And I remember a great... Uh, uh, spiritual father of mine in, in uh, Chicago, Pastor Edie, he said one time, he said that, that the touch of, uh, the power of touch is powerful. You know that that's one of the love languages. Some people uh, just need to know that if you can hold their hand, uh, some children just need to know if you can just uh, touch them and pat them on the back and encourage them when they fail, uh, that will make all the world of difference. I, I'm telling you today, brothers and sisters out there, I can remember the first time that my dad ever showed affection towards me and my, my siblings. I remember one time as a child, I was sitting uh, on my mother's lap and my dad came by and he, he grabbed me off uh, my mom's lap because then uh, fathers were raising their, their, their sons to be men. And if you sat too long on your mother's lap, I know it sounds crazy, you can laugh at me if you want to, but if uh, fathers would raise their, their sons to be men. So he came by and he snatched me off the lap of my mother. And uh, he, he told me, he said, I, I want, I'm raising you to be strong. So sometimes we're raised to, to uh, hide our feelings or not to show a lot of emotions as men. And so uh, I didn't receive a lot of affection as a child uh, growing up, but I can remember so distinctly uh, when I got uh, a little bit older, uh, when I became a young adult, I remember the first time after my dad got saved uh, that he showed affection and he, he, he kissed me on my forehead and he said, son, I love you. And I know many people out there uh, that are under the sound of my voice this morning, you may have never heard 
your own father or your own mother tell, tell you, I love you. You matter to me. I'm proud of you. I, I appreciate you. Even so much so that I believe some people have a hard time even saying what? I'm sorry. It's amazing. I had to tell my daughter the other day, I was working out in the yard and, and she ran off and I said, I need your help. <laughs> and we have this little thing where we play and call each other names sometime. And I began to call her a name and, and, and I laughed and she laughed. And then I had to call her back a few minutes later. And I said, I'm sorry. She said, well, what are you saying you're sorry for? I said, I shouldn't have said that. She said, oh, daddy, it's okay. I said, no, I shouldn't have said that. I have to apologize. But some people, they never say I'm sorry. It's important that we communicate how we feel. And, and this morning, I wanna just share with you just some things that, that are signs that I believe uh, where we can look at the roots, the roots of uh, feeling unloved. One of the things this morning is that the abused, in most cases, will become abusers. The abused will become abusers. Let's look at some of these things here. I want you to make sure you get these in your notes. Watch this. Watch this. People who have been abused oftentimes, oftentimes will demand uh, to know what you're doing all the time. Uh, people who have been abused oftentimes seek control and they will demand passwords to your phone, your smart devices, your email, your social media. They want to know everything that you're doing because they've been abused and someone controlled them and now they want to control you. Another couple of signs that we can look for, uh, they also will often humiliate people in public. You ever seen somebody who just talks to their spouse or talks to their loved one any kind of way, there's no boundaries, they, they cross the lines, they call them names in public, even in private. And so these kinds of things are because people have, people have been hurt at a core level as a child, and now they're doing the same thing. They may also uh, threaten to hurt you. They may threaten to harm you. And when they get upset, they say, if you leave them, then they'll say things like, well, you'll never, you'll never be anything without me. Or if I can't have you, nobody can. You've heard those statements before. If you've heard those statements before, then you might be dealing with a person who has control issues or a person who really feels unloved. I wanna share with you also too that rejection and the pain of rejection is another important part of how we can identify people who feel unloved and unwanted. Oftentimes uh, people or children rather who have experienced rejection in their childhood it's more difficult for them as an adult uh, to, to secure and establish trusting relationships. And so these people have a difficult time establishing their emotional identity in relationships simply because they've been rejected. The lack of love greatly uh, injures the emotional core of a child. The emotional core of a child is how that child relates to the rest of the world, how they relate in marriage, how they see themselves uh, being competent and successful uh, in a job, how they see themselves being successful in ministry. And so oftentimes when a person has, has, has a broken core, uh, then they, they tend to uh, relate to others in a way that's insecure. The Lord told me to tell you this morning also to one of the other ways that we can see 
uh, people who are unloved or see the characteristics of people who might feel unloved. Watch this, and I want to make sure you really get this, this one this morning, uh, is sex is not the only way to express love. Okay, I see the internet, y'all blowing it up out there. Sex is not the only way to experience love. Even though God, watch this, has ordained for sex in the, in the what he calls uh, the marriage bed, and he calls the marriage bed undefiled. And God says, He want, be fruitful and multiply, right? Uh, subdue, replenish, and take dominion over the earth. So God has ordained for sex within the confines of one man and one woman. But what's happening now in society, we are being conditioned. Please hear me out this morning. We are being conditioned to over-sexualize everything. Everything. Watch this. Children spend more time watching television than in, in any other activity except sleep. Children spend more time watching television in any more active in, uh, in watching television than in any other activity other than sleep. Okay, the majority of parents say that uh, they are very concerned about the amount of sex that their children are watching on TV. 62% of them say that sex on TV shows and movies influences kids to have sex that are too young. Okay, 77% say that they're too much, there's too much sex before marriage on TV. And this can lead to several results, uh, uh, two of which I'm gonna discuss today. Number one, when people uh, are craving affection and they have lacked affection, and then you take that and you connect that to an over-sexualized society, an over-sexualized society. The Holy Spirit told me to tell the people this morning that one of the things is that uh, people begin to adopt what we call addictive personalities, addictive personalities. An addictive personality is a person, uh, when it becomes sexualized, who persists, watch this, in conduct or behavior that is detrimental to them or their family. And yet, even though there are negative consequences, they still persist in that behavior. Just like people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol, uh, men and women now, uh, like never before, are being addicted to sex in all kinds of what we call perverted ways, such as or illicit sex, compulsive masturbation, use of pornography, prostitutes, casual affairs, one night stands. Stay with me. Don't, don't tune me out yet. Don't tune me out. Stay with me, internet family, because we're going somewhere this morning. We have been over-sexualized to believe that our identity is associated with how we have sex or who we have sex or how often we have sex. And so the Lord uh, told me to tell the people this morning uh, to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God. He said, for this is your reasonable service. And so God doesn't want us to be uh, consumed uh, with uh, practicing I know right there, uh, statistics and, and, and research says right now, even today, that many of the people, even in the church, let alone the world, comparatively speaking, uh, don't believe that even pornography is a sin or that there's anything wrong uh, with the things that I've just mentioned. But God wants us to be holy. And I know this is going against the grain right now, but God wants us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God. And he says, don't be conformed to the world, 
but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. But a lot of times people who have been unloved, who have gone through excessive rejection, who have gone through uh, a lack of affection will become hypersexualized or they'll start to express themselves uh, in ways that can be detrimental to them. And so the other way uh, that we see this too is those who have been uh, experiencing rejection also too can also express themselves in what we call a fear of intimacy, a fear of intimacy. Fear of intimacy may be rooted in a fear of being rejected so you never take the first steps uh, to build close relationships. You may fear rejection or intimacy because it ha something happened to you, that something happened to you. And I need all my intercessors out there, my prayer warriors to start praying right now. There are many young people out here that have been mishandled. There are, some, there are some old people today, right here on Mother's Day. There are some mothers that have been mishandled. There, there are some people, there are some men on this call this morning uh, that, have been, uh, that have, been, have been violated, that have been sexually abused. And so because of uh, that, that doorway being opened up and, and that, that negative experience, the enemy came in to destroy the child he came in to destroy the person. He came in to annihilate the person. And as a result of that, now that person is carrying and harboring all of those feelings of hatred, self-hate. What could I have done uh, to prevent this situation from happening? What could I have done to have stopped uh, this from occurring? Should I have said something different? Should I have dressed differently? Should I have, should I have gone uh, to a different place? And so, what happens is when you start carrying all that guilt, all of that shame, all of that self-hatred, all, all of those feelings of not feeling wanted and loved and confident about yourself, then the enemy begins to use that to destroy you. And it's amazing because people come out of Egypt and they come into the promised land, but they never inherit the promises because they're still carrying Egypt with them. They're still carrying those same experiences. They're still carrying the memory of what the enemy uh, was allowed to do. But I want to encourage you this morning, uh, just because uh, he got away on one day, doesn't mean that he's going to get away today. Uh, you have walked into the right place at the right time. And I believe God is getting ready to do something powerful in your life today. I want to give you several ways as we get ready to, to close out here on how to go from unloved to being loved. How to go from unloved to being loved. Number one, write this down. Make sure you get, you're getting this in your notes today. Watch this. You are fully healed. You are fully healed. Isaiah 53 and five says it like this. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, by his stripes, make sure you get that, by his stripes, we are healed. Now watch this. In Christ, you not only received your forgiveness, you also received healing. You got healing, and you got forgiveness. You got forgiveness, and you got healing. And what that means is, that means that you've been healed by his stripes, word of his stripes. 
But what happened is the Roman soldiers used to take what was called um, a whip and they would do what was called a flogging. At the end of the whip, there, was, there were uh, these um, strips at the end of the whip and it would have bone pieces in it. It would have metal pieces in it. Uh, sometimes it would, it would uh, be used, they would have like eight uh, to 20 different endings and on each ending, it would have several other strips. And each of these strips had bones and metal and steel at the edge. And they would, they would take the prisoner and they would put him on the flog or put him on uh, the stump and they would chain him to the stump. And once they chained him to the stump, uh, they began to uh, take the, the, the whip and they would begin to beat the prisoner and flog him over the back. But see, it's not like the whips you're thinking of. It, the whip you're thinking of is, was a leather ending and it would just hit the flesh and then it would be removed and you would feel the sting of the pain. But with the Roman whips, uh, you would be whipped on the back. It would lacerate and rip the flesh from your back and you would have multiple uh, lacerations and flesh uh, falling from your back. And so uh, Jesus Christ took that beating mm. he took that flogging and not only watch this was it a physical beating it was a mental beatdown and what jesus has done for you on the cross is he said you know what you because of the beating i took you don't have to take a beating anymore you don't have to take your past anymore beating you down. I tell you when your past comes, I want you to know you tell your past. Come on, somebody. You are fully healed because I paid the price for your past. I paid the price for your future. I, pray, I paid the price for your today. I am healed. Somebody, somebody just put in the comment sections, I'm healed in Jesus' name. You're no longer bound. And so what happened was the, the, the strips, the strips would, that would be used to rip the flesh open, uh, now uh, Jesus is saying that you don't have to take the pain that he took because he, watch this, he paid it all for you. He paid it all for you. He, even though you went through that rape, even though you went through that parental rejection, even though you went through that firing, even though you went through that divorce, even though you went through that breakup, come on somebody, even though you went through that financial ruin, what I am telling you today is that Christ took the payment for you and you are redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. And so I want you to know that you're fully healed. Somebody put in the comment section uh, this morning, I'm fully healed, I'm fully healed. So every time my past comes to beat me up, every time I'm reminded of the mistakes I made, come on, every time I'm reminded of when I lost and I didn't win, every time I'm reminded uh, in those mental attacks uh, that, uh, that I'm defeated, I, I start telling myself, and I need to start telling myself what, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. So I want you to understand that, that you are fully healed. What does that mean? You are not going to get healed it is already done. Hallelujah. It's already done. He did it 2,000 years ago. Stop beating yourself up. 
you are already healed. You cannot change yesterday, but what you can change is tomorrow. And you can deal with right now. Hallelujah. Because you're fully healed. Come on. You're fully healed. The next thing that I want you to make sure you get in your notes today is you, you're, you're liberated in Christ. You're liberated in Christ. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Put that in your notes, strongholds. So what are strongholds? Two, diff two definitions. The first one is it's a fortress. It's, it's like a big going out to a, a medieval castle, looking at a huge wall, a citadel, a very high barrier. That's the first part of that definition. The second part of that definition is it's a prison. It's a prison. So a prison is designed and secured. It's a, de a de detention center to keep the prisoner inside. So both of those definitions uh, make up a stronghold. So the fortress will keep people out. The prison will keep the prisoner in. So when a person has a stronghold, uh, they are good at keeping other people out uh, because they've got that stronghold. They believe if they let anybody too close, they're gonna get hurt again. If they develop, uh, uh, emotional intimacy. Somebody's going to manipulate them and take advantage of them. If they get married, they, they may have a hard time functioning in that relationship with touch and affection because they believe if they let that person cross that line again, uh, that they're going to be violated, that it's going to mean that they're going to get hurt or that they're putting them, themselves in jeopardy. And what happens is, is that we start to develop what is called uh, a demonic belief system. And these are lies that the devil has ingrained in our mind. And they're deeply rooted in our mind where the devil is attempting uh, to build these strong lies. And it's amazing because my wife and I, we deal with this all the time in ministry where we bring in people and we're ready to, to, uh, to uh, energize them and empower them to work in the ministry. But then we find out once that sometimes when they get in ministry, then they've got these strongholds. Uh, they're still dealing uh, with the world system and their thinking. And, and sometimes uh, you see it in Isaiah chapter five, it says, well, people begin to call right wrong and wrong right. Listen, listen, children of God, listen, brothers and sisters, how do we know right from wrong? Do we listen to the world or do we listen to God's word? God's word should always be our final authority. God's word should be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. God's word is what we listen to. And the Bible says it will not return void to us. So we listen to God's word. But many people have a hard time uh, understanding. It used to be easy when we were growing up. It used to be almost simple, black and white. But now it's not, it's not so easy anymore. But God's word is our final authority. But he says, for the weapons of our warfare in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so when he says that we pull these, these demonic belief systems down, we pull this demonic thinking down, we pull our past controlling us down in our thinking, what he's saying is, is that we have to tear this thinking down. And that in the Greek, it means to what? It means to become extinct now. Watch this. 
It means extinct now, that we pull it down, we don't allow it, and we, uh, we take authority over it so much now that it becomes extinct. And the Holy Ghost told me to tell you this this morning. Not that you don't remember it. It's not that you don't remember it anymore. It's that it just doesn't have this, the same power anymore. Come on, somebody. Somebody's getting set free right now. You remember it, but it doesn't have the same power anymore. I am telling you this morning, when you start pulling down those strongholds, pulling down that past, pulling down that, that, that negative memory, pulling down the fact that you never received affirmation, the fact that you never received affection, the fact that nobody ever patted you on the back, the fact that nobody ever told you that they love you, the fact that nobody ever hugged you, the fact that you feel unwanted, the fact that you feel like you feel unloved right now, I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know that you're going to cast your cares upon the Lord, for he careth for you. I want you to know that he won't leave you or forsake you. I want you to know that you're going to pull those strongholds down. You're going to tear them down till they are extinct. It doesn't mean that you don't remember it, but but sister or brother out there this, this morning uh, of the spirit, I want you to know that it no longer has power over you. Why? Because Christ has set your thinking free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody just shout out there and tell them I'm pulling them down. I'm pulling the neck. I'm pulling it down right now. Hallelujah. The next thing I want you to do to go from uh, feeling unloved to love, watch this. You're going to start expressing your love now. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to start expressing your love. How dare you not tell the people who, who are your mother or your father that you love them? How dare you not tell your wife that you love her? How dare you not tell your husband that you love them? How dare you not tell your children, children that you love them? Why would you say that, man of God? I say that because, watch this, you don't know the last time you're going to see them. You don't know that when you step out the door the next time that you're going to see them again. Tomorrow is not promised. And so you have to express your love and let them know that you really care about them. See, the Bible says it like this. Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatever you sow, you're going to also reap. That means that when I sow love, and if I want love, if I sow love, I'm going to receive love. I'm going to uh, sow it, and it's going to be uh, reciprocity coming back into my life. And, and the way we look at love in the scripture, it has to do with agape love. So what is agape love? Agape love is certainly, we've heard the terminology before, it is God's unconditional love. But I want to give you some additional points to help you to push this a little bit further. Because many of us, watch this, we're struggling in our love walk. We come to church, but we don't have no love. We walk by people, we don't say hi to them. We won't smile at folks. We're afraid to be around large groups because we feel like somebody's watching us. Come on, help us, Holy Ghost, today. Because in your love walk, he's saying uh, in the agape, it has to be, it's not merely a love uh, in the sense that it's just communication. It's love that has to be expressed. It has to be shown. And for all the folks out there, hear me out this morning, and and and. And I'm not 
We're not judging you this morning. We're not condemning you this morning. Because I want you to know I had to work through this and I am still working through this, okay? But when you didn't get all the love that you needed as a child or even as an adult, it's difficult to put up, come on, hear me out this morning. It's difficult to put up with the mess of other folks. It's difficult to be forgiving. It's difficult to forgive people when they wronged you. It's difficult to be patient. It's difficult not to get that extra word in. It's difficult in some cases not to even to cuss folk out. But I want you to know today, but when you start walking in that love walk and you start expressing your love like the way that Christ said love them, then you will have to love people even when they wrong you. Now watch this. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally. So how do I get it? How do I get that kind of love? How do I love my enemies? How do I love those who have uh, despitefully uh, misused me? How do I love the people who mistreated me? How do I love the people that I counted on the most, but they broke my trust? You have to make a decision, sister. You have to make a decision, woman of God. You've got to make a decision, man of God. That See, watch this. Agape love is choosing. I choose to love you. I don't feel like loving you. I don't feel like embracing you. I don't feel like having a conversation with you. I don't feel like coming around you. I don't feel uh, like uh, being patient and long-suffering. But I choose to because Christ did the same for me. He loved me when I was wrong. Come on, somebody. He loved me when I made, I made the same mistakes over and over. And what you're doing when you decide to choose agape love, you're choosing to walk in a strength that you didn't have before. And you are sowing the seed of love and it's gonna come back and you're gonna reap that same seed. Because a lot of you, I can hear you out there right now, you're saying, but I don't have anybody. You don't know, I'm lonely. You don't know, I, I, I go to bed every night by myself. Well, look, this is what you're gonna do. I just feel, I feel the anointing right now. You're gonna, you're gonna wipe that tear from your eye or you're gonna wipe those tears from your eyes. You're gonna get yourself up. You're gonna get dressed. You're gonna put on your makeup. You're gonna, you're gonna look cute in the mirror and you're gonna go out. Watch this. And when you go to the grocery store, you're gonna smile at somebody. And when you go to work, you're going to tell somebody something nice. When you, you're going to start using what we call what simple acts of kindness. Because a lot of times we have a hard time and we get in our shells because we've been so hurt. But what would happen if you just said hello today? What would happen if you say, have a, have a blessed day in the Lord today? How would God begin to start to move in your life with those simple seeds of kindness? How would God start to move in your marriage when you started to tell your wife how much you love her and you would grab her hand and tell her, hey, baby, I appreciate you so much. You're a great mom. You're a great woman of God. How would, how would God begin to sow back that in your life? Come on, today is the day that you're going you're gonna, to uh, wake up your spirit and, your, and your, your woman and your man, your inner man and your inner woman and tell them, okay, I'm waking up today. I am not sitting here any longer. I'm not going to be in a stupor any longer. I'm not going to sit here in this discouragement any longer. 
I am getting up with a simple act of kindness and I am going to show love. Because when I do that, that love is going to come back to me. And some of us need to start right at home. I, whew, start right at home. Start with your children. Tell your children you love them. Start with your husbands and your wives. Tell them you love them. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait till it's too late. Start right now. Be set free from your past. Understand that when you sow love, you receive love. And it happens. How does it start? It starts with a simple act of kindness. Nobody else pushed their basket back at the store, but you pushed yours back. Nobody went to go visit the nursing homes, but you went. Nobody called your great grandma, but you did. Nobody stopped to talk to that beggar on the street, but you did. And I wonder why Americans have so much technology now. We've got iPads, iPhones, computers, TVs. We've got so many ways of communicating with each other and staying connected. But we have more suicides now than ever. We have more people feeling lonely and unloved than ever before. I want you to hear me today, internet family. Get up out of your seats. Leave out of your homes. Meet your neighbors. Meet the people in your community, meet the people in your church. When you ask somebody how they're doing, don't just walk by them and not even wait to hear the answer. Start loving, and I guarantee you, you will see love come back into your life. And I land here, last but not least, and the Holy Ghost told me to tell you this this morning. He said, command your soul to prosper. Command your soul to prosper. You are spirit. You are a spirit being, a speaking spirit. You are a speaking spirit with a soul that lives in a body. You're a speaking spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. Your soul has to do with your individual personality, your uniqueness. And so what happens in John... Third John chapter two, it says, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in, and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So your soul is your individual personality. There's nobody else like you. There's nobody who's been through what you've been through. There's nobody who has the gifts and the talents that you have. You see, your fingerprint is unique. And just as unique as your fingerprint is, your soul is, and your individual calling and your gifting. And God already spoke it before the foundations of the world. In this particular text in 3 John chapter 2, he says, and be, in good and be in good health, or be in health. So what does that mean? That means I am functioning holy now. Make sure you get that in your notes. I'm functioning holy now. H-O-L-L-Y, holy, or W-H-O-L-L-Y. I'm functioning holy now with all parts working together. 
And then he says in that same text uh, that your soul would prosper, that your soul would prosper. To prosper means it has this meaning or understanding in the Greek that you're on this journey, that you're on life's journey, uh, and that now uh, things need to work out and be profitable for you, that it's leading you to success. It's leading you to good fortune now, and that uh, your soul is going to prosper. See, this is the way uh, Jesus paid for your, redeemed you at the cross. He didn't just pay for, your, for you to have eternal life. He paid for you to be restored also in your soul and also in your material acquisition. I don't believe, and I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel, but I don't believe that God wants you saved and begging for your next meal. I don't believe that God wants you saved and not walking in what he's called you to do. I'm going to land on this last point. Command your soul to prosper. Command your soul to prosper. In 3 John chapter 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in, in health, even as your soul prospers. I explained to you, or I'm explaining to you that when it says your soul, it is speaking of your individual personality, your unique calling, what God has ordained you to do before the foundations of the world. You are a spirit being, a spirit speaking being, and you have a body and a soul which lives in that body and a spirit that lives in that body. Your spirit and your soul live in that body, okay? But he says when he's speaking of your soul, he is speaking of your individual calling, your giftedness, your personality. And then when he says be in health, it means to be free, to be free from a, de a, de a debilitating handicap, a debilitating handicap, okay? It means to function wholly now, to function wholly now. All the parts of you are working together. Your spirit is working with your soul and is working with your body now. So when you begin to overcome your past and you're breaking free of what has already occurred, now what happens is the Holy Ghost is living inside of you. So when the Holy Ghost comes inside of you, he is allowing you uh, to uh, go on this journey with him and his uh, sole intent, his sole intent is to make sure that you cross the finish line. His sole intent is to make sure that you cross the finish line. You will say like Paul, no matter what your past looks like. Come on, you will say like Paul, I have fought the good fight, okay? I have kept the faith and I have finished the course. I have finished the race. And I am telling you this morning that when the Holy Ghost is inside of you, and it says that I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, is saying that you now have the power of the Holy Spirit in you to finish the race and to accomplish everything irregardless of your past, irregardless of what has happened to you, irregardless of, of those who may have violated you, irregardless of the fact that you've been hurt. I am telling you this morning that God is going to have you to rise above your circumstances because of what he's doing, and you are going to cross the finish line. And I leave you with this, Ephesians 6 and 10. Ephesians 6 and 10. It says this, finally, my brethren, 
<clears throat> be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God wants you to know he is going to help you with his strength. Make sure you get that down as we close. God wants you to know that he's going to help you with his strength. Stop trying to live it out in your own strength. Stop trying to be victorious in your own strength. I want you to know that your next career, I want you to know that your next divine appointment and assignment, I want you to know that your calling is now going to operate because of this message in what I call divine power, divine strength. Well, what is divine power and divine strength? When you look at that text in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 10, when it says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, it talks about a power, and we call it in the Greek, kratos, kratos. And what that means that this power is so strong that it can withstand any attack and still be successful. It can, it can oppose any force that comes against us, okay? Any force that comes against us. It is also demonstrated power. This is like the powers. I get ready to land here. Watch this. This is like the power uh, when uh, uh, they came to arrest Jesus. Uh, and they, they asked Judas, they said, well, where is he? We, how are we going to know? How are we going to know uh, which one is Jesus? He said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kiss him. On, I'm going to walk up to him, and I'm going to kiss him on the, on the cheek and betray him uh, uh, right there for these 30 pieces of silver. But once I kiss him, you're going to know uh, who I'm talking about. And so Judas uh, came uh, with the centurions, and he walked up to Jesus, uh, leading the Roman army, and he kissed Jesus on the cheek. And then all of a sudden, uh, they went to go grab Jesus, uh, but the Bible says, uh, but then they fell back. Uh, they fell back because of the Kratos power uh, uh, that was on Jesus. It, it knocked them down. And it's the same power uh, that knocked uh, the men down who were guarding the tomb when the angel arrived uh, to uh, speak to Mary uh, at the tomb. It was the same power that, that raised Jesus up from the dead that we see in Ephesians chapter 1, where it says that he, he got up uh, with an exceeding great power, what we call resurrection power. And that same power is living inside of you. So when your past starts coming up against you to, to rise, to attack you, come on somebody, uh, when your past is coming to overtake you, when your past and, and all of your failures are coming to remind you uh, that even though you're saved, it's not going to work out. And, and you start hearing those voices and you start hearing that demonic chatter that says, uh, uh, you won't get that job or you won't get married again. I want you to know that there's a power in you, that everything that's coming against you, when that depression in your past, it comes to start fighting you. All that stuff don't have to just fall back. It's going to be a, such a force on you that it's going to have to roll back off of you. It ain't going to have a, a chance anymore. It's not going to have an opportunity to stand anymore because you have power in you. It says right here that, that you have the power of the Holy Ghost unto you. It says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask, think, or imagine. That's a Kratos power. That's a power that causes your past to fall back. It causes your enemies to fall back. It causes your breakthrough to come forward. It causes all of your haters to fall back because you have a power working in you now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ooh, come on, somebody. You've been set free now. You've been set free. You've been set free. 
you've been set free. And I promise you, the enemy didn't want this word to go out today. He didn't want it to go forth today. He didn't want it to go forth today, but you've been set free. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord, not your past. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And watch everything just fall off of you now. <laughs> Woo! Watch it fall off of you now. Watch sickness fall off of you. Watch, watch, watch cancer fall off of you now. Watch bankruptcy, just watch it, watch it fall off. Watch fear being lonely and, and feelings of insecurity. Watch it just fall off. It's got to fall back now. Because you have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And this is your season now. This is your new day. I bless you now. I'm going to pray for you. And you're going to move from being unloved to feeling the love of Jesus Christ now. But Father God, as we, we landed here, God, we thank you, God, for those who, are, who came back, God, and those who may have wanted to be on, God, but were knocked off, God. And we know, Father, that when you put this whole recording together, God, that somebody's life is going to be changed and transformed. And Father, right now, I decree and declare that all feelings of guilt, all feelings of shame, all feelings of remorse about the past, all feelings of failure, all feelings of rejection, all of those who have been sexually abused and, and demons have implanted strongholds and high places, I command them down now. Come on, sisters and brothers, help me to tear it down. We tear them down now. In the mighty name of Jesus, because whom the sun sets free, we are free indeed. And Father, we thank you and we receive now the love of Christ. Begin to restore women. Begin to restore those who are disconnected from their mothers. Begin to restore men who were disconnected from their, from their parents and give them the security that they need now. We love you, God, and we bless your name. And we praise you for being healed and being loved in Jesus' mighty name. And we shouted amen, amen, and amen. And I want you to be strong in that love. Be strong in that love. I am love. Come on. I say this. I want, I want to say that you guys have been awesome. Continue to stand with us in your giving. We put a, a push pay link in the description box below. And so for those who are, are standing with our vision, uh, which involves our school, Kingdom Academy, it involves Backstack, it involves our harvesters, it, it involves our Impact Hickman Meals program, which is working with homeless families and, and particularly homeless youth. I want you to continue to stand with the vision. And I want to say thank you on behalf of this ministry and thank you on what you've been doing uh, because you guys have been awesome. You've been incredibly awesome. And we thank you for your generosity and how you've been blessing and standing with the ministry in that regard. Let me say this, as we come to the close of the uh, citywide mandate, uh, a stay at home executive order, I want you to know uh, that I'm gonna be sending out an announcement uh, by Wednesday of this week regarding the details and the reopening of, of, this, of our ministry, Blue Hills located here at 10306 Blue Ridge Boulevard here in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm going to be sending out the details. And so for those who uh, are going to be joining us uh, in the next coming weeks, I want you to know that we have a plan. 
We have a methodology on how we're going to be opening up. And so I'll be sharing that with you in the form of a video and a mass communication uh, forthcoming on this week. Okay. So be stay, stay tuned for that. Be looking out for that. And uh, I'd like to say, God bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace in Jesus name. We love you. I want you to know I love you. And uh, Lady Esther loves you dearly. And we, uh, we send our best regards to you again as I close final time, but most importantly, that I love you and happy, happy, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. All right. God bless you.